next on You Decide 2016. We dive deeply into the road to the White House this hour. We are going to start winning again, and we're going to win so much, you are going to be so happy. Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders come up big in New Hampshire with continuing live coverage from the Granite State. Our Washington insider, Jamie Dupree, those two were polling ahead, and certainly they pulled ahead last night. Yeah, they certainly did, and it, it, huge numbers. I mean, the victory for Trump, he more than doubled up on John Kasich, who was number two. Trump now at 35-plus percent of the vote. Sanders sitting at 60, and I've seen some people think that he may grow even more. He's right now almost 22 points ahead of Hillary Clinton. That's really something. Uh, the Floridians, uh, Jeb Bush and Marco Rubio finishing fourth and fifth, so it's obvious that Rubio's debate performance over the weekend really did hurt him. Rubio just barely above the the number he needs to make sure he ekes out at least one delegate from New Hampshire. Jeb Bush getting at least two, but the big numbers there, Donald Trump getting 10 or 11, depending on how it shakes out. And Chris Christie, the guy who really, um, uh, you know, took Rubio down, he did not get to 10 percent, and it looks like he might be thinking about getting out of the race. He's going back to New Jersey to think things over today. Ted Cruz bubbling up to third. Interesting. You wonder how much of that may be momentum from Iowa. Well, I don't know if it's momentum from Iowa as much as he was able to get some of the Rand Paul supporters who, after Rand Paul had dropped out. And, you know, again, New Hampshire is just not that conservative. But because of the split amongst the others, like Kasich, Bush, Rubio, and Christie, Cruz was able to keep a hold of his voters. He got 11.6 percent. And third place finish for him is fantastic because he can now move to South Carolina with even a little more additional uh, momentum. Trump and Cruz, certainly the strongest in the Palmetto State. I'm not sure where John Kasich fits in there, but maybe he gets a little momentum out of New Hampshire. How does Trump keep that mighty momentum going forward? Oh, just doing what he's doing. I, I mean, he's already been ahead in the polls in South Carolina for a while, so I don't think it should be any shock that he might win there in another 10 days. Their primary is not this Saturday, but a week from Saturday. There'll be a debate this Saturday in Greenville, South Carolina. I think there might be only five or six people on stage, maybe just five, mm. just Trump, Kasich, Cruz, Bush, and Rubio. Head to WOK. KV.com. Jamie Dupree with a closer look at how each of the candidates did in the Granite State. Where we go from here, and we'll have Jamie back a little bit later, this special hour-long broadcast on the road to the White House as Jacksonville's morning news continues. Democratic debate, by the way, is tomorrow evening, and we'll have live coverage led by our Washington insider here starting at 7 o'clock. Because of a huge voter turnout, and I say you... <laughs> Probably not a huge surprise to hear that Bernie Sanders won. He was pulling ahead, but maybe the wide distance, as Jamie was just telling you, in excess of 60-plus percent of the vote in New Hampshire. We turn our attention now to the Democratic race in Duval County, Democratic Chair Neil Hendrickson. Probably not surprising to see, Neil, that Bernie Sanders won, but by the wide margin in a state where Hillary Clinton has had success as recently as 2008 with her big come-from-behind victory. Did, did the margin surprise you most? Well, I think, you know, everyone expected uh, Bernie Sanders to to pull out a win in New Hampshire. He did have a very strong showing, though, and I think that uh, the rubber really meets the road as uh, the campaigns head into South Carolina. Sanders now going to meet with Reverend Al Sharpton in New York uh, today, and I guess one question that goes forward is how does he try to curry favor with a little bit more uh, widespread demographics, uh, primarily African Americans, more women, less of the white older voters from New Hampshire as uh, the race moves into South Carolina and eventually into Nevada? Right. I think as we see, you know, the campaigns move into the South, into the West. He's dealing with a much different electorate than Iowa and New Hampshire. It's dealing with a much more diverse electorate. And so when he's addressing Democrats, 
I think he's got a message that's going to resonate. On the other hand, he's got a message that's very unidimensional, and he's not talking about foreign affairs. He's not talking about uh, other issues aside from his uh, 99%, uh, 1%, and these programs that I think uh, a lot of moderate Democrats are saying, how are we going to fund that? Hillary Clinton says it's still early in the campaign, but admits one of her campaign's weaknesses. I know I have some work to do particularly with young people, but I will repeat again what I have said this week. Even, even if they are not supporting me now, I support them. Duval County Democratic Chair Neil Hendrickson joins us live in this special hour-long broadcast on the road to the White House. How does Hillary Clinton start to work in a little bit more of that younger vote, the youth movement that Bernie Sanders has been so successful so far in getting? Well, I think she really has to show her genuine self. I think what's attracted a lot of young voters is Bernie Sanders uh, comes across like who he is. And, and I think that authenticity is what has propelled Donald Trump as well on the Republican side. And so uh, we've seen her here in Jacksonville in person. Uh, I think she's got a lot of personality. She, she can do that, but, uh, you know, I think the young people have to have to be drawn to her, and she has to get that message out in the way that Bernie Sanders has been very successful in doing. Is the message economy that will try to bring in the the younger crowd? Well, I think she's on the same page with Bernie Sanders on issues that would resonate with the young vote, like uh, dealing with college debt, the unbelievable burden of college debt, dealing with making the economy uh, more friendly to people who are just getting into the workforce and programs that would be uh, really uh, something that young people can uh, take advantage of. So I think she's on the same page, except she's not driving the same kind of enthusiasm, obviously, as Bernie Sanders with that demographic. Democrat uh, Democrat debate is tomorrow night in Milwaukee. We'll have live pre-debate coverage beginning at 7 p.m. Neil Hendrickson, the uh, Duval County Democratic Party chairman. Thanks for joining us. On you decide 2016. Continuing coverage on the road to the White House and the Republican primary out of New Hampshire with the top three, Trump, Kasich, Cruz. But I wanted to congratulate the other candidates, okay? Now that I got that all the way. magic in the air with this campaign. We're going to go home to New Jersey to wait. I did not do well on Saturday night. That will never happen again. The real winner is the conservative grassroots. We are going to keep going. This campaign is not dead. We're going on to South Carolina. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. If you don't have a seatbelt, go get one. We're going to shake this country from top to bottom. Duval County Republican Party Chairman Lake Ray joins me live as we continue to uh, explore the uh, big takeaways coming out of New Hampshire. Probably not surprising to hear Donald Trump's win just because he had been polling so strongly for so long. But any other big takeaways that you have in the top three? John Kasich bubbling up to second. Well, good morning, Rich. It's nice to be with you. It's been an exciting election that's beginning to tell what's on the minds of the, the, the public. And I think the, the big takeaway is what the margin was with Donald Trump. Uh, John Kasich was uh, not a particular surprise uh, to me. We saw him beginning to emerge as a uh, stronger, more viable candidate, I think, following the debates. And also, uh, I think it was a disappointing finish for for our two candidates from the state, from uh, Governor Bush and from Senator Rubio, uh, both of which I think are going to have to once again uh, refocus and double down as they move towards uh, South Carolina and, 
and the so-called SEC states. For the future of Jeb Bush's campaign, Lake Ray Duval County Republican Party Chairman, how important was it for him to finish ahead of Rubio, given that it was really only about a percentage point difference? Well, I'm not even sure that we know that. And by the way, it tells me that at least here in Florida, we know how to count votes. The percentages that are still <laughs> showing show that it's still about uh, uh, somewhere between 6 and as much as 10% uh, out yet. So <laughs> I think that we're doing a, a much better job here in our state and I think it was uh, very critical for uh, for Jeb to uh, finish stronger than he did. But uh, that's a decision I think that his campaign is now going to have to make. Uh, they they poured a lot of energy, a lot of effort into the state, and the results just didn't show. But I think it does speak to the the people that live more regionally up into the into that area. That being uh, Kasich, with uh, them being very very much closer to Ohio, and of course with Trump being uh, there from the New York, New Jersey area and how it affected uh, the support that they get there. So it's going to be very interesting as we begin to make that move. Yeah, as the campaign shifts south, uh, I guess I wonder, Lake Ray Duval County Republican Party Chairman, how do the issues kind of transition a bit? I mean, with Trump's victory, for example, some of the more liberal-leaning organizations, Huffington Post, for example, their headline reads, racist, sexist, demagogue, just one, and yet Trump's support continues to be strong and solid. Well, Rich, I don't think that uh, too many people are going to pay too much attention in the Republican Party to whatever Huffington Post says. Uh, I know that uh, I've been running some legislation here, and uh, it's been picked up. And, uh, gee, I'm wondering who ran such a bill. Uh, so I know that uh, whatever they're, they're trying to tout and say over there is not what a reality is. And so I think it's really about what's going to resonate as we move to the South. Of course, we're much more concerned about uh, our family values. We're much more concerned about uh, where we are in terms of safety, security, uh, who is coming across the border here into our country uh, from uh, the Middle East, and why is the, the uh, Democrat Party not paying any attention to it, and, and who's, who's in control here? And I think these are major, serious concerns. I think as we begin to look rich and study what the differences are, it amazes me, it absolutely amazes me that the Democrats have a uh, communist from the Soviet Union uh, style that they know is a failed form of government, uh, has double-digit uh, wins against uh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, and then we see Hillary Clinton uh, running to that same uh, ideology uh, it really is very disturbing. And then uh, over on the Republican side, the messages that are, of course, resonating are those relating to protection of our borders, getting America back to being a strong country again, and where we are. And I think that that's going to a- appeal to any of the Republican voters. Is It's going to resonate about where we are, who we are as a nation, about good jobs, strengthening our economy, and, and moving forward. Next Republican debate comes this weekend. We'll have continuing coverage throughout this week on Jacksonville's Morning News, like Ray Duval County Republican Party Chairman. Now the latest on You Decide 2016. On the road to the White House this hour. We are going to start winning again, and we're going to win so much, you are going to be so happy. Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders sending loud messages to the establishments as we shine the spotlight on the road to the White House in the New Hampshire primary results. Top three, Trump, 
Kasich Cruise as we head to Atlanta. Actually, we head south of here into uh, Central Florida. And Herman Kane, who's going to be up starting at 9 o'clock to dive deeper into these numbers. Maybe not a surprise to see Trump win. Maybe the margin over John Kasich is he's almost doubled him up. That's exactly right. But get this, Rich. Even though Trump trounced everybody, he beat Kasich by a factor of two. Look at the amount of money provoked vote that Trump spent versus Kasich, or, you know, it was just no comparison. Mm. I think uh, Trump had the second lowest amount per voter of the entire field, and you had Jeb Bush, who came in, I think, up tied for third or fourth. He spent the most amount, and then the next amount was by Kasich. So what this says is, yes, you might be able to spend enough money in a concentrated period of time in order to move you up somewhat in the polls, but you're not going to cause any great upsets. So how does Kasich keep it going as we move south? He spent so much time on the ground in New Hampshire, you almost wonder if this is probably his his one stand, because he's really got to ride the wave of momentum since he hasn't spent much time in places like South Carolina, Florida, and elsewhere. What he has to do is, between now and February the 20th, he's got to live in South Carolina, and it's a much bigger state, much bigger population. It's going to be more difficult for him to see as many people and do as many town halls and touch as many hands, shake as many hands as he did in New Hampshire. So he's got a very big uphill challenge. Secondly, I don't know how much money he has to put his message on TV. He's going to have to maximize those two aspects of his campaign if he expects to remain in the top three when he gets to South Carolina. Herman Cain going to spend the 11 o'clock hour this morning going inside the road of the White House with Jamie Dupree and others. I did not do well on Saturday night, so listen to this. That will never happen again. Marco Rubio to his supporters after a disappointing fifth-place finish. I guess it does show you that you can have a moment and it can come back to hurt you. It can come back to hurt you, but I think that even Marco Rubio was being a little bit too hard on himself with respect to what happened in Iowa. He didn't perform as well as he, you know, wanted to perform in that last debate. But I think to some extent he's buying into some of the media criticism of his performance in that debate. I don't agree. I think that when you look at Iowa versus New Hampshire, you're looking at two different sets of dynamics. Secondly, he didn't have as much money as a Jeb Bush or a Kasich to put into that market. So I think that those were bigger factors than them continue to play the fact that he says that he didn't do well in the debate. One debate which got the lowest number of viewers mm. of all the debates wasn't going to change that many voters' minds. As we, before we get you out of here, Herman Cain, if Jeb Bush fails to win South Carolina or finish maybe a close second place, is this the end of the road for him? I think it is, because he's just not resonate. Look, the amount of money he had to spend, he spent the most amount of money just to come in a tie for third in New Hampshire. He would have to spend double that amount in order to, to make that same type of showing in a state like South Carolina. So I think that uh, it's make or break for Bush once they come out of South Carolina. Hey, my friend, thanks so much for getting up early with us and analyzing the results from New Hampshire. We'll hear a lot more starting at 9 in the entire 11 o'clock hour with you and uh, Jamie Dupree and many others uh, really digging deep into these numbers. Thanks so much. You got it. At 644, Hillary Clinton says, hey, it's still early. Now we take this campaign to the entire country. We're going to fight for every vote in every state. We're going to fight for real solutions that make 
a real difference in people's lives. She did admit that one of her campaign weaknesses is that she just has not been able to resonate with the younger voters. As we turn to Rick Mullaney, director of the JU Public Policy Institute, and, and you talk to these young voters all the time at Jacksonville University, Rick. In what ways can Hillary Clinton steer that message to try to pull in some support from Bernie Sanders as the race shifts south into South Carolina next? Well, one of the things for Secretary Clinton is that she knows very well that for both Iowa and New Hampshire, demographically, it was going to be tough for her, not only with young voters, but with the makeup of New Hampshire, for example. 94% white, very liberal, next to Vermont. And so the shift next is Nevada for the, for the Democrats and then coming to South Carolina. With a greater minority votes, I think you're going to, my voting with Latinos and African American, I think you're going to see it shift in the favor of Mrs. Clinton. Now, there is no doubt that Bernie Sanders is, has a clarity of message, he's passionate, people like him, and he is resonating with young people and with women, particularly younger women. So I think that um, Mrs. Clinton is going to have to focus her message, um, and I, but I do think that the changing demographics are going to tilt his way. This was a big win for Bernie Sanders. But I don't think it changes the fact that Hillary Clinton is your odds-on favorite to win the nomination on the Democratic side. Wide margin of victory for Sanders, about 60 to 38 percent at last check. It's important to note that there's just a small number of delegates that come out of New Hampshire, but there's a lot of momentum that comes out. So a guy like Donald Trump, who doubled up John Kasich and the rest of the field, how much does that momentum help him, um, Rick Mullaney, JU Public Policy uh, Institute director, moving into South Carolina February 20th? Uh, You mean for Donald Trump? For Trump. Oh, it's, this, this is very, very significant for Donald Trump, not only because he won and not only because of the margin, but he heads into South Carolina, and there's three lanes. There's the Trump lane, there's the Cruz lane, and then there's what they call, of course, the establishment or the Main Street lane. That lane, there's a lot of infighting, the rise of Kasich, the double-digit performance by Jeb Bush, the Marco Rubio performance. That establishment lane with the governors and Marco Rubio, as long as there's infighting among themselves, that is to the advantage of Donald Trump. He heads to South Carolina, clearly with a plurality at this point, and it is winner-take-all for 29 of the 50 delegates in South Carolina, and then it's winner-take-all by congressional district for seven districts in South Carolina. That is all advantage Trump as long as that establishment lane remains fractured. If they're going, if the establishment wants to have an opportunity in this election, they need to consolidate around someone, and they need to do it fairly quickly. By the way, don't forget Ted Cruz. He performed very well in New Hampshire. He's got a strong organization. He's got a strong ground game. And the SEC primaries coming up uh, March 1st uh, is a a map is very good for Ted Cruz in those southern states. Cruz finishing third. Rick Mullaney, director of the JU Public Policy Institute. Appreciate it. On you decide 2016. On the road to the White House, John Kasich getting a second look, perhaps with a strong second place showing in New Hampshire. The light overcame the darkness of negative campaigning. Can that darkness of negative campaigning, the light that John Kasich wants to shine, help him as the campaign shifts south? Our Washington insider, Jamie Dupree, you were feeling that momentum in New Hampshire on the ground there. Yeah, I was. Uh, it just it, it struck me in recent days that uh, the governor was well-placed to take advantage of it, and with Rubio's stumble, I really still believe if Rubio had not stumbled uh, and not been taken out by Christie on Saturday night in the debate, that Rubio would have done very, very well last night. But the people, uh, the independents, the undecideds really peeled away from him at the last minute, some of them going to Kasich. You know, let's not bury the lead, though, about Donald Trump. This Absolutely. is a big win for him, and uh, he won evenly. Uh, in all corners of the Republican Party again and uh, demonstrating, you know, look, he he underperformed in Iowa. Well, he changed his tactics and he overperformed in New Hampshire. So you have to salute him and make sure that we check that box.
because he and Bernie Sanders both really, really did well last night in sending their message. Now, going forward, Kasich, you know, I would say this. There's not a lot of love for John Kasich within the Republican Party. There are a lot of people who were, frankly, very happy when he left the Congress and went back to Ohio. And so I'm not sure where he has a spot to go forward. If you add up the vote for Kasich, for Jeb Bush, for Marco Rubio and Chris Christie, you get about 44 percent last night, which would have defeated Donald Trump. The problem is who wants to get out? Nobody wants to get out. Chris Christie might be headed that way. He's going back to New Jersey. Uh, But as somebody suggested, maybe Rubio and Bush got to play rock, paper, scissors right now before South Carolina to figure out, because I I don't see any of them getting out at this point in time. How about Ted Cruz with a strong third place finish? I mean, he bubbles up up big, right? Yeah, no, it's a big deal. Now, he he did not get as much of the vote as I thought he would be able to but he took advantage of that division within the establishment ranks to finish third and that's i mean that's total gravy for him uh coming out of new hampshire now that being said uh he will face a very uh a very difficult uh, person to run against in south carolina that being donald trump but cruz certainly has been organizing there in the palmetto state and uh, certainly i think he stands ready to take on trump over the next 10 days how much does jeb bush have to spend in south carolina i saw in your blog at wokb.com the bush team had spent some 35 million in new hampshire to finish place so what are you going to spend 100 million and maybe get to second place i'm not sure he's got that much money i mean Bush is going to try here. Uh, Rubio is in his way, clearly, and so I would assume he's got to go against Rubio again in the debate this Saturday night in Greenville, South Carolina. But again, I'm just not sure that the the way forward is there for him, and that division certainly helps Trump in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up, you've got South Carolina one week from Saturday on the 20th. The Democrats will be in Nevada that same day, and then the Republicans have Nevada the following Tuesday. So two states within four days there, and you have to figure that Bush and Rubio, they've got to find some way to do well in those two, or else it really starts getting ugly. Uh, I think if Rubio does not do well in South Carolina or Nevada, he could just about be done before Super Tuesday. Great look at the road ahead in the Washington Insider blog at WOKV.com. We'll dive a little bit deeper into the pool with our Washington Insider, Jamie Dupree, at 823, the full 11 o'clock hour of the Herman Cain Show dedicated to the road to the White House and the road ahead. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.